BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Murder. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. Hmm. So what up, baby? I don't know. We're back in from New York. Yeah. That was um a treat, I guess. Um, it was very pretty where we were. We yeah, were, it was. We were borderline Canada. Like, to the point, I went to Target, and everybody was from Ontario. A? Yeah. Did they, you get tired of it? Um, a? They really do say that. <laughs> like. What are you talking about? I mean, there's stereotypes for a reason, right? There's a little bit of truth to every stereotype. But, yeah. Um, they really do. We love you Canadians, by we the way. We do. I was just like, huh. They really <laughs> end every sentence with... And then I thought to myself, it's like the equivalent of like our teenagers ending every sentence with bro. Or so, me, dude. Yeah. I say dude to so, I mean, we all, we all do What up, it. dude? I did find out, too, that um, the New York accent is yeah. only in New York City. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's not everywhere. Oh, that's interesting. I was told, though, that we have an accent. Oh, really? And I'm like... Okay, cool, but like you sound the exact same way that I do. Yeah. And the girl's like, No, I don't. <laughs> um Yeah. You do. <laughs> and somebody else was like, No, we don't. Okay. Uh but we got to you got to visit our longtime listeners. I did, babe. So you we were excited. Screamed. We did. That's awesome. We did. Yeah, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. I had to stay back because only me, yeah. I get a fucking, I get my eyelids infected. Right. So. <laughs> Which, unbeknownst who, to us, is a thing. Who the fuck, I, I had no clue yeah. that was even a thing. No, we thought it was a sty. Yeah. And then I went to work. It was overnight, and I thought it was a sty. It was well, just 
kind of like yeah. bugging my eye a little bit. Felt like I had something in my eye. I went to work during the day and came yeah. home and it wasn't terrible. And I went back to work that night and it still wasn't terrible. I was putting warm compresses on it. And then you woke up to Jax. I didn't wake up. Jax, woke, <laughs> Jax called me at work and was like, dad's eye is completely swollen shut. And Dude. I was like, okay, because you guys, you know, exaggerate quite yeah, a bit. I know. And I'm like, how bad can it be? And then I got home and I was like, fuck. Dude. It, overnight, my eye yeah. swelled. My whole side of my face yeah. just fucking hurt. So we were supposed so to leave at like what noon? We were, yeah, yeah, we were gonna leave by noon. And we windows. ended up going to the fucking urgent aid. We didn't even, no, we went to an ER because yeah. I was looking at it and I was like, man, the fucking urgent aid's gonna just send him to an ER. Yeah, they're gonna take one look at his face. So and be it's like, it's nope, weird. Not it's here. it's it's like a freestanding ER. Yeah, it's or, great. It's. Perfect. Yeah. But like if anything is too serious, then they, they call for an ambulance and you go really, to Really, if, if you have to be admitted. Yeah, they, a, exactly. Yeah. But otherwise, it is technically an it's ER. It's an ER. It is. But she scared the fuck out of me because at first she's like, what oh bit you? God. And I was like, oh, God. And then when we were leaving, she's like, you, you have a little bit of time. Otherwise, you need to come back here and we're doing IV... Bless this woman. <laughs> IV antibiotics. So that scared the shit yeah. out of me. She's bless, like, bless it's the your woman for eye. Taking care of you. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, as soon as she said that, I was like, fuck. Yep. Lady, you're not going to have to deal with him. <laughs> I am. So I was scared out of my mind, but they loaded me with antibiotics yeah. and eye drops. And you're welcome. Dude, it was driving there. It was hard with one eye open. And then, then why did you fight me about driving home? I'm, I'm going to drive. The fuck you are? It was one getting eye? better. It was getting better. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. it felt better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole the whole side of my face didn't fucking hurt at, you know, just touching it. Looks great today. Oh, it looks awesome. Great. But like, and then putting a tissue to it, like yeah. yesterday, the amount of pus and blood, I'm, I'm like, you, oh my God. The magic 72 hours with antibiotics yeah. is fucking insane. But they it's tear like me up. Day. Well, they tear everybody up. Oh my God. They made me feel like shit. So the entire time in New York, I fucking stayed at the hotel. Yep. It was me and Jax. Yep. Yep. You had to run the show. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up leaving early because I I was just in too much pain. And I yeah. felt like shit. Like yeah. the antibiotics. Like I felt nauseous and just, dude, my, mm-hmm. my face <laughs> it fucking hurt. I don't know what the, and they tell me that my, I, my eyelids were infected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called. How is that even a thing? It's called blepharitis. Yeah. <laughs> When he said that, I was like, what? I was like, Blafardis, what? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? And I mean, it went from looking like a stye to like the first couple days. It wasn't oozing it wasn't, at all. No, it wasn't so was bad. Like, it it just looked like a sty. It, it was a little swollen. Yeah. But then, yeah. Oh, dude, overnight, it fucking swelled. It did. And it wasn't oozing. That's why I was and like, I, this is not a sty. Like, I, a physically, I physically had a pry my yeah. eyes open i thought something bit you i did too so i did too and so did the nurse and apparently. you don't really want to think about that because really the only thing that's going to bite your fucking eyelid and is make a it spider look like that is a fucking spider yep so then you're like oh, that's the same face. thing my mom said she's yeah. like what spider bit you what? i'm like oh my god somebody just was thinking like, that like a raptophobia. <laughs> someone was like 
Was it a black fucking widow? <laughs> I mean, we don't have those here, but... Yeah, we do. Not really. The, the, not we in, do have them. But yeah, but we don't live in the woods. No, but what other, like, uh, brown spiders... Brown recluse they, we have around yeah. here, but wolf spiders are, like, the big thing. Oh, but... Which, wolf spiders freak me out because they, they jump. Yeah, they jump up to, like, three feet. Creepy. My old partner at the firehouse used to chase me around the firehouse with them. That's not fun. No, he was a dick. But yeah, that's not fun. R.I.P., but you were like, a dick. Like, you know you were. <laughs> you know? Rip, but you were a dick. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would. Ch- I mean, what like a asshole. little fucking boy chased me with a cup. Sir, you are an asshole. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's, he's fucking... He's Rest like, in peace. But... I would say he's up there, but he's probably down there. Yeah. Laughing his ass off right now. Oh, I fucking hated him for yeah, it. Yeah, that's not and just like like not just spiders, but like balloons for me. Like I can't yeah. be around balloons. They um the pop, like the anticipation of the yeah. pop gives me anxiety. So we were talking severe anxiety. We're going to Austin in a yeah. couple weeks. We're going to Texas. Yeah. And uh a lovely lady that I work with just recently moved to Texas. Yeah. And First of all, it is the temperature of Satan's fucking asshole. Oh, my God. Um, dude, up here it's bad. Football practice tonight was fucking dude, ridiculous. New York, it was 72 and it sunny and beautiful. breezy. And, oh. Yeah, it, it was delightful. Yeah, and then we come back here and it's Satan's fucking asshole. Dude, and tomorrow's going to be 115. Yeah, you know, are you kidding me? The air in my office is broke. Oh, dude, what are you doing? I won't be sitting in my office tomorrow. No. No. No, you can't. Um, You'll pass out. So in Texas, um, the the cockroaches, they fly. That's ridiculous. This is what I am saying. Burn everything down. So I was talking to Heather, who runs our discussion page. Yeah. And she, we were talking about the weather. She's like, you guys might get like a reprieve. It's, the heat might break a little bit before you get down here. And I'm like... Okay, but why is it the temperature of Satan's asshole, and why do the cockroaches fly? And right. she's like, dude, it's hot, and everything fucking stings, bites, or has wings. And I'm like, what? Oh, fuck what? that. I will be wrapped in a screen. Yeah. I mean, thank God we're downtown Austin, so... Does that fucking like, matter? They still have bugs. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like <sighs> we're near woods or anything, Babe. or, you know... But the, they, fl- they fly? Dude, uh, no. I need like an aerosol can and a fucking lighter. The lady Something that... <laughs> flies in my face. The lady it's... that moves said, you know, like you put out those bug bomb things. Yeah. And they're supposed to last. The like, lady that moves. That moved from work. Oh, okay. Like they're supposed to last like six months or whatever. Yeah. She's like, I am changing them motherfuckers every 28 days. Oh <laughs> She's my like, God. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified. Yeah. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. That might be another trip where I might not leave. The oh hotel. no 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 no! If we are fighting <laughs> bugs, we are doing it together. This might be the perfect opportunity for Jax to get an actual fucking lightsaber if he can knock a bug out with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just, oh. oh my god! I'm scared. I'm scared of the bugs. Yeah. No, I I've been to Austin before. Yeah. Remember a baseball trip? Yeah. And. God, you keep yawning. I know. I don't know what my problem is. Stop it. Shut up. I'm sorry. I, I should just, stick my finger in your mouth. I will fucking punch you in your bad eye. <laughs> I will pop that motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, Austin is, man, it's a great town. Yeah. 
it is or city actually but yeah it's beautiful i i absolutely love downtown austin we got peeps down there that we're gonna visit we got some peeps Mm -hmm. that are coming to uh they live in austin yeah so yeah right some listeners that i've known for two of them i've known i mean one of them i've known since birth yeah yeah but that'll be, it'll be uh, fun. that'll be a good trip mm-hmm. for Galaxy Con. That's yeah. that'll be a big event. We've done a few Galaxy Cons. They're they're yeah, big. We they're have. pretty big. They're, they're so. like C two E two in yeah. Chicago and Fan Expo. You know, which I are the bigger shows. Seriously debating whether or not I'm going to dress up. And I have talked to two of the girls. We've said this I how know. many fucking times I have, now? I've talked to two of the girls that we're gonna see down there. Yeah. And I'm like, do we dress up as princesses and get shit faced? And they're both like how do we not? <laughs> I feel like you're missing a life's opportunity. Babe, you've said this like five trips now that you're going to do it. I want angel wings. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, but... Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, what if like... I mean, you've always wanted to dress up for like the Renaissance Fair. I know. What if we just I fucking still do, it? do What if we just do it this Dude, for Dude, the Renaissance Fair in Wisconsin, if yeah. anyone lives like in the area, what town is it? Like Bristol? Bristol. Mm-hmm. Bristol. Bristol, Wisconsin. It's right over the border from Great America. And, like, even if you live far away, like, it it's is so it. yeah. worth the drive. And we've been going since I was a kid. It is so fucking mm. fun. And, and, like, the first year that we went, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because We're going. You didn't go. Like, I had, you went with my family the first time. Yes. Right? Without I, me. I was at work. Yes. Yeah. And I had no clue about it. And other, then someone handed you a turkey leg and you were like, fuck. I would, yes. Dude. And then just everyone dressed up mm-hmm. and talking like, mm-hmm. you know, like role models yep. or whatever that movie. Yes. Oh, when they're LARPing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone talking like that. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to fucking do that. But, like, guys walking around with eagles on their fucking arms. and Like, dude, it was awesome. Okay, so. It's so worth going. If I can find us costumes between now and Austin, we'll dress up. Yeah, but I want to be a wrestler. But, like, I want to be in my wheelchair in fucking wrestling, like, Speedos. Of course you do. Did I tell you? In knee pads. <laughs> okay, so in our patient care reports, like our run reports, yeah. we have to do, we used to have to do what they called bubble forms. So like you have to mark off what, uh, things about the call so the state can take statistics and shit. Okay. So now it goes through what's called nemesis. It's the same thing. It takes just yeah. information. Yeah, I So I was looking through, um, one of the tabs is mechanism of injury, which is basically how did the injury occur? Okay, yeah. Um, and we used to laugh at the bubble forms because, like, the first couple things were, like, airplane, you know, attack and shit like that. Oh, my God. And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. So I'm going yeah. through the other day. I'm helping one of the girls fix hers for a nemesis, and I get all the way down to the bottom, and the last option for mechanism of injury yeah. is wheelchair collision. <laughs> I'm like, huh. I mean, I guess it could happen. So then I'm like, how does that? And then I'm like... No, I know how that happens. Why yeah, am I asking? You would wheel me into a wall. Yeah. That's how that would happen. Well, you would fucking deserve it. <laughs> um, and then it just worked out. You know, we go to New York two two days later. Yeah. And their handicap symbol is fucking amazing. It's an action shot of a guy pushing himself in a fucking wheelchair. It's not like <laughs> ours where it's just like, you know. You a see wheelchair. The little, there's no arms. It's just yeah. like the wheelchair. And like, no, there's like arms on this guy in New York. Like he's like. Arms back, pushing the fucking chair. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, that is cool. I didn't show you? No. Did I? Oh. 
Babe, I've sent it to like everybody. I figured you yeah, probably except saw me. it. Well, I figured you saw it. You were fucking there. Uh, yeah, I in the fucking hotel. Where... <laughs> Look at him. Oh, yeah, he's pushing himself. <laughs> That's great. Why don't we have that it's here? It's everywhere. That's how it's painted on the ground. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's all, uh, yes. Dude, props to New York. That's Fucking awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We should have that. We should. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, you should be, because that's amazing. And I'm in a wheelchair, yeah. so I think I deserve it. Yeah. I deserve the little man pushing the fucking I, wheelchair. I agree. We'll have to put it on our Facebook page so you guys yeah. can see it if you're not from New York. Because when I mentioned it, the people from New York are like, the fuck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and I'm what? like, guys, it's an action shot. And they're like, you're stupid. And I was like, no, 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 look at ours. <laughs> right. So then I showed them and they're like, oh, that's boring. I'm like, I exactly. know. This is what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah, that amazing. is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, so anyways, um, man, it's late tonight. Yeah. Babe, but... I mean, we got out of football practice and I turned the car off for a good half an hour because I didn't want it to overheat. I was, I'm drenched, fucking drenched. And there was, there was a breeze too. And I was still drenched. I fell asleep. Yeah, I know. Cause I texted you and then not getting a response. I figured, yeah. What'd you text me? I I don't remember. But yeah, I figured you were asleep. So I, and I as soon like, as you said you were staying and working yeah. on the case, I was like, bullshit. Okay, so in my defense, she's I, falling asleep. I fell asleep with my computer in my lap, and I only fell asleep for like twenty five minutes. Okay, because I like yeah, because panic then woke then up. you did respond yeah. to my next text. I like panic woke up because I knew I had a grocery order coming, and I knew I had frozen in there, and it's yeah. you know Satan's asshole outside. You yeah. can't leave it outside. So, but I saw too on the ring the order getting delivered and but like an hour fucking early yeah but and you I, didn't like go out there to get no. it so i knew you were fucking sleeping i was actually i don't know how it because like you can when you put the order in, you can mark like early delivery if available yeah and i didn't mark it i wanted it to come at a specific time and it came a fucking solid hour early i'm like dude if we were still at practice, all my food would be fucked. Oh, yeah. It'd be it'd be Like, I would have had to have left it'd to come gone. get the food. I mean, surprisingly, like, I had my windows open when I, where I could hear the coaches talk. They were even like, dude, this is fucked up. So they cancel it for the next two days, it, right? Um, no, just our team. Oh. The other team, they're going, they told the kids... Um, no equipment at all. They're just going to walk through plays. Was our coach like, no. I, I couldn't hear him talk because, oh. you know, they're in the middle. Yeah. And then the the second team of yeah. 10U is in front. So yeah. I he- heard them. And they're, they're going to have practice tomorrow. Not on Thursday because it's supposed to be even hotter. But tomorrow they're, they're like, no, no equipment. We're just, it's going to be an hour we're going to walk through plays, yeah. but yeah, thank God our, you know, our team is not... When we were kids... It's too hot for the kids. When we were kids, they didn't care. Like, no, you just, they you didn't. You did what you did. So now, like, you got to respect it when even the coach is like, fuck. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, they were out there, and it it was... Dude, it, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It is fucking bad. It is. You just stand there, and you're And the humidity is, you know, a thousand percent. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. That's so. what gets you is the humidity. You know, if it was just the heat, 
it wouldn't be as bad, but it's it's the fucking humidity. I mean, it would still be a hundred and fucking ten. Yeah, but so. the humidity is what gets you. So I mean, in Texas, like that's the thing though. It's the heat and it's fucking hot, but they don't have the humidity like we. They still do. have humidity. Though, yeah, right? but it's okay. not it's not anything like it is here. Note to self: pack hair gel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna so. be frizzy. So, um, I know we went on for a little nah, bit right. longer, but, um, uh, any Patreons? Yes, we do have. Awesome. We got some new Patreons and, uh, we apologize yeah. to the ones that are still having issues. Guys, I'm trying with Patreon. I am. They don't really know what's happening. They're trying to fix it on their end. So I can't fix it on my end until they fix it on their end. And so, and there is no other platform there isn't. that's like Patreon. Right. So I, it is it's the one yeah. site that we have to go to. And it's not it's gotten to the point with Patreon where it's not a generalized message. Like they wanted names of people who are having issues from our site. So like names were given, webs uh, you know, emails were given. So they're, yeah. they're trying. They're doing everything on their end. I almost think it was like a, a like they had some sort of glitch in their system and they still are trying to work out the glitches. Yeah. It wasn't any kind of like a data breach or anything like no, that. It was no. just something in their system. So yeah. I'm working on it. They're working on it. We're trying. Yeah. And I feel bad like telling you every day. Like I'm I'm getting messages. You don't like, feel bad. Uh, no. I, yeah. No, I Whatever. don't. So we <laughs> have um, Meg. Meg. Thank you. Shannon. Shannon. Thank you. Robin. Robin. Thank you. And Bobby. Bobby. Thank you. Uh, Bobby, I would imagine... I hope I'm not being a dick. Is a girl because it's I E. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I like that. It could Maybe be a girl's name. Probably Roberta. Oh, That's yeah. Usually I didn't think of that. Yeah, could be. Okay. So those. Are, thank you guys. Those are thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys so much. If you want to become a Patreon and get bonus episodes and ad free. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to www.patreon.com forward slash death do us part one and it is the number one because our next episode is is gonna a be Patreon. a good and it's gonna be a good one I think we should just spoil it yeah go ahead we are doing Epstein mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good one God, so if you want to hear it you guys gotta sign up was a fucking turd burglar man yep oh and going back, Patreon, whatever um, tier you get, you still get the ad-free and bonus episodes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what tier you're on. No, you get that regardless. So. Yeah. So, oh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it is. A lot of shit with that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So today... Since we, we went to New York, we're doing a New York case. We're doing a New York case. We are doing um, Kitty Genovese. Kenny Genovese. Kitty. Kitty Genovese. Um, there is no relation to the Genovese crime family. Oh, there yeah, that's right. I didn't none. even think about that. This was, however, um, this murder really inspired the birth of 911. And it, God, you look like my dad right now. Whew. Hello, Jamie. Oh, God, like that just creeped me out. Hello, Jamie. I couldn't even finish my fucking sentence. (laughs) Don't. Please stop. (laughs) Stop. I'm moving over so you see me. Jesus, fuck. 
I turned into your dad. <laughs> You're speechless. I can't even look at you. Really? Yeah. It's that bad? Yeah, it freaked me out. Yeah. Don't stay behind your mic. Uh, okay. Okay. I feel like me and your dad would be like mm-hmm. best friends if he was still around, babe. Just freaked me out. Don't you think? Yeah. Like we we'd be buddy buddy. I'd I'd be calling him up and we'd be going fishing every day. He and... would be making fun of you because you don't know how to fix fucking anything. Yeah, but he would show me. Probably not. No, he probably would. Yeah, he would. Oh, that just freaked me out. Um. Okay, so this really inspired the birth of the nine one one system. Yeah. And if any of you have taken a psychology class and you have heard of the bystander effect. So it's in textbooks still to this day, the bystander effect. It's yeah, also known it as the uh, Genovese syndrome. Um, the thing is, though, is that so while this theory was created essentially yeah, because of was. this murder, yeah. it didn't apply this murder which is crazy which is fucking weird yeah so it's nuts yeah i'll get into it um all right you ready yeah i'm ready so Catherine susan genovese who went by kitty since grade school was born on july 7th 1935 in brooklyn to parents rachel and vincent she was the oldest of five she had one sister and three brothers in an italian-american catholic family you think they were italian you think Italians and Irishmen. Yeah. If I can pull out of a driveway. (laughs) Right. Um, So they lived in a brownstone at 29 St. John's Place in Park Slope, which was in the western Brooklyn neighborhood. Uh, It was populated mostly by families of Italian and Irish heritage. Uh, Like I said, known as Kitty since grade school, she was described as the class comedian. And she had a comfortable and happy childhood for all intents and purposes. As a teenager, Kitty went to Prospect Heights High School, which was an all-girls school, uh, where she was described as, quote, self-assured beyond her years with a sunny disposition. Oh, that's and w- nice. And was voted as the class cut-up. Cut-up? What the like, fuck does that ha, mean? Ha, ha, ha. Like you were funny. Oh, You've isn't never... it usually like a class clown? Yeah, but like not, like, I don't know. I've never heard of it as called as a cut-up. Well, I mean, it it was the 50s. True. Yeah. yeah. Okay. True. Moving on. Touche. In June of 1953, uh, in kind of a twist, Kitty's mother witnessed a murder on the streets in New York. Whoa. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Now, because of this, she had a continuous fear for her family and 
they decided that they were going to move out of New York. I think that would happen to us, yeah. too, if we witnessed a murder. Yeah. So the, the family, actually, minus Kitty, moved to New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, now, wasn't in Varsity Blues, wasn't it West Canaan? West Canaan, Texas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Jackson's teacher's name. Miss Davis, Davis. will you go to prom with me? <laughs> I fucking died when yeah. I saw that. That's so awesome. Oh, God, I love it. If Jax only knew. If he, oh. <laughs> if he, and I were. When he turns, what do you think, 12 or 13, do I get to show him that movie? I don't know. I don't know. But definitely not now, with this, this year with his teacher's name. <laughs> Like and I'm I'm clearly working with a bunch of twelve year olds because I was so excited at work the other day and everybody's like what the fuck are you talking about and I'm like God damn oh it, people dude how do you not know, I know. varsity blues I know. they don't fucking classic I'm gonna have to learn them so yep um all right so <clears throat> Kitty had just graduated high school and actually stayed in Brooklyn with her grandparents to plan her upcoming marriage her parents were not happy about it but they they dealt with it so. Her brother, Bill, uh, wasn't very happy about it either. And despite their age difference, she was actually closest to him. Um, Kitty would visit on the weekends, just about every weekend. And Bill said that they would stay up all hours of the night talking. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. He would ask her like a thousand questions. And she would always tell him, just keep asking questions. Keep being curious. And he would later say that this is essentially why he became obsessed with her murder he was always asking questions like she told him to and their family didn't really talk about the murder so in turn they didn't talk about kitty at all right so it was it was almost like she disappeared and he had questions he wanted to know things but he didn't want to ask um because the murder it ruined his family his mother fell into a deep depression. His dad didn't talk to anybody, you know, so... I mean, I get it. Yeah, it was hard for him to learn anything <clears throat> about what happened. Yeah. So, on October 31st, 1954, Kitty married an army officer named Rocco Fazalor. Whoa, that's a name. Yeah. So, they dated... Hey, Rocco. They dated while she was in high school and he was in college. The marriage would end up being annulled before the end of the year. Mm. And they got married at the end of October. (laughs) Whoops. Now, it's alleged that their marriage ended this soon because her husband discovered that she was actually a lesbian. Oh, hey Her brother, Bill, um, made a documentary later on. Like, eh, probably like 20... Like the... 20 teens-ish. Okay. So he reached out to Rocco, actually, to discuss... Hey, yo, Rocco. ...Kitty and their relationship, and Rocco chose not to talk about the relationship or her, stating that their relationship would, quote, remain a mystery forever. Oh, really? And Mm. Kitty's brother Bill was like, I respect the fact that it's not his business to tell, and he didn't think that it was, and he didn't bring it up. Yeah, you know, Kitty didn't want right it on. public when he was when she was alive. So why would he make it public now? Yeah. So, right you gotta on. respect that. Yeah, definitely. So after the marriage ended, Kitty moved into an apartment in Brooklyn while working several clerical jobs in various professions, none of which she found appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the late 1950s, she kind of found her like niche in bartending. Mm-hmm. 
1961, she was working at a bar and started taking bets for horse races from the patrons of the bar she worked at. Yeah. Uh, her and her friend Dee were caught and subsequently arrested for bookmaking. <laughs> they were fined $50 and then fired. Whoa. Yeah. But not long after that, she found another bartending job. This was at a bar called Ev's 11th Hour Bar on Jamaica Avenue and 193rd in Hollis, Queens. Mm -hmm. Not only did the patrons love her, so did the owner, Evelyn. Kitty would end up being promoted to manager by the time she was 25, and she was making roughly $750 a month, which is the equivalent to about $6,800 now. Dude, she was she was making fucking bad. man, yeah. not not shabby yeah. at all. Now she was one of the bartenders who was more like a patron than a bartender. Yeah, hanging out with everybody. Oh, yeah, to the point she even drove one of the patrons to the hospital while his wife was in labor and stayed. <laughs> what? Like hung out like while the wife was in labor. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kitty worked her ass off. She started working double shifts all the time and started saving money to fulfill her dream of opening an Italian restaurant. Ah, you don't say. Uh, Kitty very much had to follow your dreams, live the life that you want to live, and that's what she was going for. Yeah. Now, her girlfriend, Mary Ann Zalanko, very much encouraged her to do so. Good. On March 13th of 1963... Uh, Kitty met Marianne at a bar called Swing Rendezvous. I like that name. Which was an underground lesbian bar in Greenwich Village. Ooh, all right. They ended up moving in together. Rock on. And they lived together at 8270 Austin Street in the Kew Gardens Apartments. It was the smallest apartment, but it was also the cheapest apartment. In a very nice, secure, and safe neighborhood. That's why they moved there. Yeah. So... Kind of didn't work at all. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. They introduced each other to everyone as roommates. Um, However, most of the people at the bar were like, yeah, we knew. Yeah. We we knew. Yeah. Um, It's also thought that Kitty's mom knew. I'm sure she did. But didn't say anything. Because she would bring Marianne home with her. Yeah, I'm sure she knew. Parents Uh, know. Yeah. Now, they were friends with a neighbor uh, by the name of Carl, who was also gay. Now, at this time, as you know, being homosexual was faux pas. Not only was it faux pas, if if, if I'm not mistaken, it was borderline illegal if it hadn't, like, if it wasn't. At this time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were shutting down bars and arresting people, and it just was, you just didn't do it kind of thing, which is fucking. It was a big no-no. Yeah. Just fucking stupid. Who cares? Um, so on March 12th, 1964, Kitty worked her normal shift at Ev's, which was 8 in the morning till 6 in the evening, before going out with a friend uh, by the name of Jack and his brother. They went to um, just a restaurant and had dinner and drinks. And on March 13th, which is now Marianne and Kitty's one-year anniversary, mm-hmm. um, she returned to Ev's bar around 3 a.m., she spoke with the night bartender uh, by the name of Victor Heron, and the original plan was for her to spend the night at a regular's house by the name of Bessie Thompson. Bessie and her husband lived above the bar, and the point was to save Kitty the commute back in at 8 a.m. Now, she didn't live far from the bar, but it's 3 in the morning. She's right. got to be back at 8 in the morning. I mean, oh, yeah. fuck you. I've done that. Yeah. Ugh. 
rough, yeah. but yeah. According to Victor, though, Kitty changed her mind at the last minute and decided to go home, despite him trying to tell her she'd be better just staying upstairs. So she left the bar in her red car, and while sitting at a red light, she was spotted by a man uh, by the name of Winston Mosley. He was sitting in his white Chevy Colvert, parked, and watched her, unbeknownst to her. Mm. Some sources say that they made eye contact. It, you know, that's it would obviously be what he says. Yeah, you know? who knows? So Winston was, um, depending on the source, either a 28 or 29-year-old, married uh, father of two, who worked for a business machine company called Remington Ran, punching data cars. He lived in yeah. He lived in the South Ozone Ozone Park in Queens, and left his apartment at one a.m. where his wife was working the night shift and his kids were sleeping, and said that his sole purpose of going out that night was to quote find a woman or two to rape and kill. Oh well, I mean, hey. You got bored. You got you got bored. You wake you, up, you, you pee, and f- you're like, eh, you, l- right. let me rape someone and. I'll yeah. be back. I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, no big deal. Well, let's do this and be back and <sighs> watch some uh, some boob tube. He got Manson lambs, dude. Ooh, does he? Yeah, bad. So he left the house with a long bladed hunting knife um, and drove around for a while looking for somebody, and was just about to give up when he spotted Kitty. Kitty parked her car in the Kew Gardens Long Island Railroad Station parking lot, and was. About 100 feet from her door. Um, Her door was located in an alleyway at the rear of the building. Now, Mosley followed her to the parking lot. She parked in the parking lot, and he parked um, at a corner bus stop on Austin Street. Okay. She got out of her car and started walking. He got out of his car and started walking. Oh, not good. Now, per Mosley, Kitty at this point realized that she was being followed. And she started walking faster. He matched her pace, and she knew something was wrong and started yelling help before he even got to her. Oh, wow. Um, within seconds, though, he, he kind of he closed the distance. Yeah. And at 320, he grabbed her and stabbed her in the back with the hunting knife twice. Jesus. She was wearing a puffy coat, but it was long enough to go through. Yeah. Well, um, a hunting knife, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. So now, according to some sources, he stabbed her three more times. She dropped to her knees and started screaming, quote, he's stabbing me, please help, he's stabbing me. Um, Mosley would later state that Kitty knew something was going to happen, obviously, and he could tell she was scared. Yeah. Now, during the attack, uh, 14-year-old Michael Hoffman screamed out of his window from the apartment building across the street. Uh, quote, shut the fuck up. Oh, nice. So our kid Way is to go, in this dude. story, apparently. Yeah. Um, an right? older neighbor by the name of Robert Moser yelled, quote, what's going on down there? Leave that girl alone. <sighs> now. Thanks for your help, sir. Right. So Michael Hoffman stated that his dad at this point called the police, telling them that there was a woman outside his building being attacked and staggering around. Uh, He said the police ignored the phone call, and when the police did finally arrive on scene, Michael Hoffman's father was the first one to go outside and say, maybe you should have came when I called the first time. Whoops. Yeah. Hey-oh. So, 
Now, when Robert yelled, what's going on down there? Leave that girl alone. Mosley got spooked. Okay. And what Robert could see was what looked to him like she was being punched. Because the, he's several well, stories up. You yeah. can't tell, you know? Right, right. Um, <clears throat> another neighbor by the name of Hattie Grun stated that she also called the police but didn't even get a full sentence out when she was told that the police had already gotten a call about it and then she was hung up on. Good job, dispatch. Uh, neither phone call was logged by the police and there was no 911 at this time. This was uh, about four years prior to the birth of 911. Oh, uh, the first call actually was placed in Alabama in 1968. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. I did not know that I learned that yep. today. Um, now, Hattie said that she was one of the ones in the neighborhood that would call the police if she felt she needed to. Um, there was a couple nearby stores and a nearby bar. Um, the bar got out of hand a lot, and she would be the first one to call the police. Yeah. Now, a, a lot of the people who heard this, the ear witnesses, assumed that when they heard the screaming, it, it was the bar. However, the bar had closed early that night and the bar was not open. So <clears throat> the way that the building is shaped, I guess, or designed, it, nobody saw the whole thing from start to finish. Hmm. There were a lot of ear witnesses, but not a lot of actual visual witnesses. That's um, usually you know, how it goes. They would hear the screams and look out. By the time they looked out, Kitty it's had already over. gotten up and moved. Yeah. You know, So... <clears throat> Mosley got spooked with the neighbors yelling and ran off and he went back to his car. Um, so now this is, a, she said a few things and I'm not sure time frame wise when she said them before or after the second attack. Okay. Um, I believe it was before. So um, at this point she was still pleading for help, yelling that if someone didn't help her, she was going to die. Mm. Uh, she was able to get to her feet and stumble towards her apartment um, and it was noted in a couple articles that the first couple stab wounds were most likely not fatal. So she was able to stumble. I mean, she was still stabbed in the fucking back. Oh, though. yeah. So now everything was closed along the way, obviously. And she was able to make it to the back entrance at the bottom of the stairs. Going on adrenaline. Right. Um, now, her friend Carl Ross's apartment was right up the stairs to the right. I mean, she was... So fucking close. Yeah. She started screaming for Carl specifically, saying, Carl, it's Kitty. I need help. I've been stabbed. Now, it's unclear if he opened the door or he just listened through it. Damn it, Carl. Now, Mosley would later say that Carl did open the door more than one time. And Mosley's the guy stabbing her, you know. So, yeah. Uh Thanks, Carl. He said that he saw, he Jerk. heard and saw the door open and um, heard possibly somebody saying something. We're getting a group text. Uh -huh. um, now, Carl at that point made several phone calls, but none of them were to the police. He um, called a friend in a nearby county who advised him to uh, hang up with me and call the fucking police dipshit. Instead, Carl chose to climb onto the roof of the building Whoa. and then asked his neighbor to call Kitty's neighbor by the name of what Greta Schwartz fuck? to check on her. Yeah. What is that all about? I, yeah. He didn't want to get involved is what Good he job. would end up telling police later. And that became like a big byline for this whole story is yeah. he didn't want to get involved. Now, 
a lot of people are like, right. Like, how fucking dare you? You know, like your friend is being stabbed. How do you not do it? Yeah. On the other hand, he is a gay man who's shit faced and doesn't want to go to fucking jail or get his ass beat. And he didn't think that she was going to die. Still. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> especially I, when you I, find I just out. Don't buy well, that. Especially when you find out what happened right afterwards. So yeah, I I, I just don't buy that. No. So now at this point, um, Mosley had driven around for about ten minutes and had covered his face with a wide brim hat. He then returned to the scene because he's like, I'm fucking kill somebody tonight. Yeah. It's gonna happen. So he searched the parking lot, the nearby train station, and the whole apartment complex before finding Kitty barely conscious lying in the stairwell at the back of the building. He attacked her again. Dude, Uh, what the fuck? This time he repeatedly stabbed Kitty in the chest. Uh, He also started slashing at her breasts after he cut her shirt off and saw that she was wearing falsies, which is like padding you put in your bra. Yeah. Um, He then raped her. Oh, my God. Stood up, brushed himself off, and stole $49 from her wallet. What a fucking dick. The whole thing uh, lasted 32 minutes from start to finish. So he went back. Oh my God, that much? Well, he went back. He went fucking back. Oh, that's so bad. Yep. Now. So bad. So this time he fled, leaving Kitty unconscious in the stairwell. Now, Greta had... um, she heard something but wasn't really sure what she heard. So she called her and Kitty's close friend, who was also a neighbor, by the name of Sophia Farrer. 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 Farfig Nugan, yeah. Sophia, according to her son, attempted to open the door but couldn't get the door open because Kitty's body was blocking it. Mm-hmm. But Sophia and Greta did not hesitate. They fucking ran down the stairs. Good. They saw it was, they didn't know it was Kitty at first. They thought, but weren't sure. So they go downstairs and they find Kitty. Sophia immediately grabs her to hold her. And Kitty starts pushing her away, presumably thinking that it was her attacker coming back for a third fucking time. Sophia repeatedly told Kitty, it's Sophia, it's Sophia, it's Sophia. And Kitty eventually calmed down. Sophia would later say um, that she she just hopes that Kitty knew that she wasn't alone. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing in a, a lot of news articles is that Kitty died alone when she didn't. Sophia was there. Good. Um, now, Carl Ross uh, allegedly calls the police himself at approximately 4 a.m. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, at approximately 4.15 a.m., the ambulance arrives along with patrolman Clarence Cron. Kitty, unfortunately, had been stabbed uh, multiple times in the chest and had bilateral pneumothoraxes, which are collapsed lungs. Um, So it's alleged, too, that because of that, she probably couldn't scream during the rape. Yeah. Because she couldn't probably catch a breath. It's a good call, yeah. Um, She ended up dying en route to Queens General Hospital. Shortly after this, officers notified Marianne and brought her to the hospital morgue to identify Kitty. Kitty's father and uncle would come down later and also identify her. Um, Marianne was offered a ride home, 
by one of the officers and said that she wanted to wait until Kitty was actually taken from the hospital because she didn't want her to be alone at any point in time. Um, at 7 a.m., Detective Mitchell Sang arrived at Marianne and Kitty's apartment to question Marianne. Carl Ross was with her, and they were drinking. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Now, Detective Sang knew that Kitty had been found at the bottom of the stairs outside Carl's apartment. During Marianne's questioning, Carl became a pain in the ass, and Detective Sang had him arrested for disorderly conduct. No shit. Yeah. So he was like, fuck you, dude. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> right. Fuck you, yeah. asshole. You're going. Now, Marianne was brought to the police station and questioned by detectives John Carroll and Jerry Burns for six hours. Wow. Now, she was initially viewed as a suspect, but was very, very quickly cleared as yeah. a suspect. And they continued to question her about their sex life and their lifestyle. What what importance does that it have? It has no fucking importance whatsoever. No. Um, it's also said that other officers questioning neighbors also seem to have a preoccupation with the women being lesbians. What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. She was stabbed by a dude. Yeah. So, it, it like, yeah. It has no bearing. Yeah. So now the coroner's report stated that Kitty had been stabbed a total of 13 times. Whoa. And had extensive defensive wounds, including yeah. several um, injuries, very serious injuries to her fingers and hands. Oh, this poor girl. Um, it was also revealed that Kitty most likely would have survived the initial attack. If somebody, Jesus. if the police would have come between... Someone, if someone did something... They did, though. That's the thing. That's where the whole, the bystander effect doesn't apply yeah, but so it much. it didn't help that the fucking police number came. That's the problem. It was, now, it was described by the witnesses as what they thought was a domestic attack. And it became low priority. Now, this was at the time where, you know... You, you could be married, but your, a husband couldn't rape a wife. If you were a wife, you, yeah. you were to surrender. Oh, there yeah. was even a court proceeding where a judge said that it was okay to give a woman a black eye and maybe knock out a tooth or two if she deserved it. A judge said a that? A judge said that. Whoa. Yeah, if she deserved it. Damn. So if she deserved they it. They thought it was a domestic, and the wife pissed off the the husband and she was getting what she deserved babe you better stay in line there were shut up there were witnesses that said like well if she wouldn't have been out at that time of night it wouldn't happen like they completely victim blamed of course 100 so on march 14th of 1964 the new york times published published a very short article titled uh quote queen's woman is stabbed to death in front of house it was a very short article. It, this did not become a huge public deal for about two weeks. Uh, on March 16th, Kitty was buried at Lakeview Cemetery in New Canaan, Connecticut. On March 19th, 1964, Winston Mosley was arrested for suspected robbery. He was seen by, I believe, Raul Cleary taking a TV from a neighbor's house. Uh-huh. Now, he went up and he questioned Mosley who stated that he was a removal worker and the residents were moving. Okay. Raul's like, mm, I don't think so. And went and asked another neighbor, neighbor by the name of Jack Brown about the neighbors moving. 
When Brown said no one was moving, Cleary called the police while Jack Brown disabled Mosley's car uh-huh. so he could uh-huh. not leave. Yeah. Uh, nice. When the detective arrived, he recognized Mosley's car as matching the description of the car given by witnesses of Kitty's attack. Mm. So there were witnesses. Yeah. Hmm, got it. He immediately called Detectives Carol and Singh, who were on the case. Mosley was taken to the police station, where he almost immediately confessed. Really? Almost immediately. Uh, <laughs> he. I love those kind of I cases. Know. He had no criminal history. Well, documented criminal history. Uh, yeah, yeah um, that he was caught. <clears throat> right. So he said his motive was simply to, quote, kill a woman, and that he preferred to kill women because, quote, they were easier and didn't fight back. All righty, then. He also confessed to between 30 and 40 burglaries. Oh, sure, at least. And the murders of two other women. Yeah. I, Unprovoked that, confessed to these. That's what I was yeah. going to say. How many other murders did he Well, it's a, it's do? possible that there were more, but he immediately confessed to two. Oh, um, I think there was more. One of them was a woman by the name of Annie Mae Johnson, who lived in the South Ozone Park where he lived. She was shot and burned in her apartment Man. a few weeks prior to Kitty's murder. Fuck, shot uh, and burned? Yeah, he said the first one was 15-year-old Barbara Kralik, who was killed in her parents' home in Springfield Gardens the previous July. Um, so now, after receiving barely any media coverage, the case soon blew up, which was sparked by a single comment over a lunch. Alrighty then. New York City Police Commissioner Michael Murphy was out to lunch with the New York Times Metropolitan Editor A.M. Rosenthal when he made the comment, quote, that Queen's story is one for the books. The commissioner wanted an investigative report done, but he kind of got a little bit more than he bargained for. Okay. On March 27, 1964, the New York Times published an article written by Martin Gainsbourg titled, quote, 37 who saw murder didn't call police. Oh. The article stated that 38 Yikes. witnesses, and the 37 in the title was a printing error, yeah. saw the murder but did nothing to stop it and didn't call the police. Damn, that's a shame. Yeah. The public really latched on to the quote of a neighbor stating, quote, I didn't want to get involved. That's so fucked um, up. <clears throat> and that's such bullshit. Yeah. The article ended up making national headlines and started a widespread discussion about bystander intervention. Yeah. Um, so eventually, the number of witnesses was cut down to about a dozen. That's still Two insane. Two called the police, and none intervened until after the attacker left. What the fuck? Yeah. Regardless of that number, the attack represented a common, quote, psychological phenomenon that would become known as the bystander effect, which was um, created by psychologists Bib Latane and John Darley. It would also become known as the Genovese syndrome. Wow. This concept refers to the tendency to be less likely to assist a victim when other people are present. It can be difficult to know how to act in a high-pressure situation in which an individual appear- appears to be in danger. People in a crowd experience a diffusion of responsibility while witnessing a crime, making them less likely to help than one single witness. 
Isn't that insane? That's fucked there's, up. So there's a little bit it's more. It's completely fucked yeah. up. So now, according to simplepsychology.org, there are several factors that affect the magnitude of the bystander effect. Uh, the extent to which the situation is labeled as an emergency will affect how likely an individual is to act. Wow. So um, they actually did a study from EMS officials and their information. Yeah. And it revealed that the response of bystanders was directly correlated to the health severity of the situation. <sighs> well, yeah. Of course. I mean, if you think somebody has the fucking bubonic plague, they're not... You know, they're not going to go fucking running over. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so they did a ton of studies on it. And they what they continue to say with the studies is, the, like, the thing. It, if you know more about what happened, like, you would tend to get involved. Right. So the article itself stated that, quote, for more than half an hour... 38 respectable, law-abiding citizens in Queens watched a killer stalk and stab a woman in three separate attacks in Kew Gardens. Not one person telephoned the police during the assault, and only one witness called after the woman was dead. The story took on a life of its own, with the New York Times publishing more stories to follow up the original, and these stories would examine why nobody would help. The original editor, uh, A.M. Rosenthal, would eventually write a book called 38 Witnesses. The Did he Kitty, really? Yeah, the Kitty Genovese case. Wow. Okay. This case quickly made its way into psychology textbooks. Psychologists yep. suggested it was more useful to point to one person and demand help than to ask a whole crowd of people for help. Because I actually remember learning this in the academy. Mm-hmm. I've asked a couple of people who have taken psychology classes and yeah. they, they've heard of it. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, though, like I said, the bystander effect didn't really define what happened to Kitty. Right. The New York Times exaggerated the number of witnesses um, stated that dozens of neighbors didn't help her. But in reality, only a few people saw the actual attack. And not a single person saw the attack in its entirety. Most people just heard the attack. Um, except fucking Carl. Dude, Come on, Carl. I'm so fucking pissed at Carl. God damn it, Carl. You son of a bitch, Carl. So, like I said before, Mosley himself stated that... That door to Carl's apartment opened multiple times during his second attack while he was raping and stabbing her again. Yep. And someone did intervene. The neighbor called their friend Sophia, who just went running down the stairs, not knowing what the fuck happened. So somebody did intervene. Yeah. Now, Rosenthal was later asked where he got the number 38. He responded with, quote, I can't swear to God that there were 38 people. Some people say there were more. Some people say there were less. What was true, though, people all over the world were affected by it. Did it do anything? You bet your eye it did. And I'm glad it did. In 2004, the New York Times published an article questioning several claims about the initial report that was made two weeks after the incident. Yeah. And in 2007, a study demonstrated that there was no actual evidence showing that 38 witnesses saw the murder and did nothing. Now, there's another book written about this case, and that um, particular author stated that when he looked into it, there was really more like 49 witnesses. Oh, my God. But again, 
a lot of people thought it was a domestic disturbance. You didn't get involved then. They thought it was the bar. Of course. Um, a lot of the witnesses were of multiple people in the same apartment. Mm-hmm. So you were getting the same vantage point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, in 2016, the New York Times came out and admitted their mistake, calling the original article, quote, flawed. They followed up by saying, quote, while there was no question that the attack occurred and that some neighbors ignored cries for help, the portrayal of 38 witnesses as fully aware and unresponsive was erroneous. 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 I say erroneous. They followed up by admitting the number was grossly exaggerated and that no one saw the attack in its entirety. Now. All right. Winston Mosley. Mr. Mosley. He... He, did you just say, I didn't hear what you said. I heard something. Mr. Mosley. I heard something totally fucking different. Oh. Um, Now, he was charged with the murder of Kitty, but not the other two that he confessed to. Yeah. Which, of course, the other families are like, what the fuck, dude? You know? Yeah. Especially because he confessed to it. Right. Kitty's um, brother Bill, doing the documentary, would actually meet with one of Mosley's sons. And Mosley told his kids that it was racially motivated, that Kitty was calling him racial slurs. Really? Yeah, and he snapped. And um, So Bill was like, cool. Um, What about the other two that he fucking murdered? Oh, Billy. And the son went, well, we we didn't talk about that. Of course not. Yeah. And then Mosley's son made the comment that his friends and family were concerned about him going to the meeting and whether or not he would return alive. What? So Bill ended up uh, joining the military after Kitty died and went to Vietnam and lost his legs. Uh, The man is not going to kill you. He's in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Dick face. I'm just saying, but not saying. But saying. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Mosley here, um, the reason they didn't charge him with the murder of Barbara Cray, like the 15-year-old, mm-hmm. um, police alleged that another man by the name of Alvin Mitchell had confessed to the murder. Alvin Mitchell confessed to the murder and then recanted almost <sighs> immediately. And it's alleged that it was a, a, a coarse confession. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at this time, mm-hmm. how many of yeah. those are oh, yeah. fucking going on, you know? Well, and especially if you are Jeez. a black man in custody. Oh, my you know? God. Yeah. yeah. So, Almost every, every fucking yeah. interview. Now, Mosley's trial began on June 8th of 1964. He initially pled not guilty, but his attorney later changed the plea to not guilty by reason of insanity. Because, you know, back then it was a lot fucking easier. Right. Um. <clears throat> Mosley got on the stand and just in detail described what happened. Uh, sir, that's defeating the purpose of reason by insanity. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> the jury deliberated for seven hours before returning with a guilty verdict on June 11th. Wow. On June 15th, Mosley was sentenced to death. Damn. Uh, when, they ain't playing. Yeah, when the jury foreman read the sentence, he showed no emotion. However, spectators applauded and cheered. That's cool. The judge then added, quote, I don't believe in capital punishment, but when I see a monster like this, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the switch myself. Because it is. Mm. Again, 
pure uh, fucking evil. Another one are with you, just pure evil. Are you ready for this? this yeah. P- this poor fuck Mitchell, Alvin Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, two weeks after his own trial, he appeared as a defense witness in the trial of Alvin Mitchell for the murder of Barbara Kralik. Yeah. Um, he was granted immunity from prosecution for her murder. He already had the death penalty. Um, the jury didn't fucking believe him. Most of them didn't. The trial ended in a hung jury, but this poor guy was actually convicted in a second fucking trial. What? The guy who actually murdered her got on the stand and was like, yep, it was me. Yeah. Totally me. 100% me. Not him. Didn't do it. What is... And this poor fuck was sent to prison. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, our judicial system, especially back then... Yep. What in the fuck? Now, in 1967, the New York Court of Appeals uh, ruled in favor of Mosley that he should have been able to argue that he was medically insane at the sentencing hearing. So his uh, death sentence was reduced to life imprisonment. Mm. On March 18th, 1968, Mosley escaped from prison. (laughs) Did he really? Yes. He was being transported uh, back from... Uh, Meyer Memorial Hospital back to the prison after undergoing a minor surgery for a self-inflicted injury. Yeah. He hit the uh, correctional officer, stole his weapon, and fled to a nearby house of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Matthew Kalaga, where he stayed for three days. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he held That's them hostage, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then he, he raped the wife. My God, this guy! Fine, upstanding citizen, dude. He's he's fucking yeah. evil, man. Yep. Um, he ended up breaking into another home on the twenty second and holding a daughter and mother hostage for a couple hours before releasing them, uh, and surrendered to police shortly afterwards. Did he rape them? No. Wow. He was only given two additional fifteen year sentences to run concurrently with his life sentence. Fuck that. He should be dead. In September of 1971, he participated in the Attica prison riot. Oh, wow. But then, you know, got a Bachelor's of Arts in Sociology. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, I That's one thing I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just me, but like, if you're in prison, you should be behind bars, not allowed to fucking go to school, not allowed to fucking play basketball, lift weights. You're in fucking prison. You need to go insane. Yeah. Stay in your own fucking head. Exactly. And go insane. It's a fucking punishment. Listen to this bullshit. Listen to this bullshit. So he becomes eligible for parole in 1984. During his first parole hearing, he told the parole board... That the notoriety he faced during his crimes made him a victim. Of course. Stating, This fucking guy. For a victim outside, it's a one-time or a one-hour or a one-minute affair. But the person who's caught, it's forever. Jesus. At the same hearing, he claimed he never intended to kill Kitty and that he considered her murder to be a mugging because, quote, people do kill people when they mug them sometimes. Okay, alrighty then. His son also said later that if it weren't for the notoriety of the case, his dad would have gotten parole already. Well, he could get get fucked too. Yeah. 
uh, he was denied parole 18 times. 18 times? Mm-hmm. But I can't believe he's had the option for fucking 18 you know, times. Like, it's mandatory that they are given. Once they become eligible, eligible for parole, most states, if you get life imprisonment, you're eligible for parole after 25 years. That's, it's to me, mandatory that's that you get um, parole hearings. I, I'm just against that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm not cool with that. Yep. Uh, so, like mm. I said, he was denied parole 18 times, the last time being in November of 2015. And on March 28th of 2016, at the age of 81, he died. Good. In prison. Good. At the Clinton Correctional Facility in New York. Um, he served 52 years, making him one of the longest serving inmates in New York State prison system. Good. He should now should be dead. Yeah. So multiple books and um, movies and Law and Orders, you know, dun, 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 were done dun, about this. Um, but they say that this murder was really the it started the creation of the nine one one system. Yeah. Because at the time that Kitty was murdered, in order to get to the police, you had to know the number. Um, not only of the police department, but of the specific precinct that you lived in. <laughs> wow. And you had to call them and talk to a desk clerk before you could talk to anybody. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, that desk clerk would be like right in an air. Yep, got the message. Eight, oh, 800. Wait, six, six. Yeah. Yeah. So they said this was a big, big reason for it. That if there was a 911 system and they could have called 911 and police would have realized it was an emergency and if they would have showed up she would have survived because it's it's they still should have showed up it's very much pushed that she would have survived after the initial attack oh what a shame yeah yep oh that's fucked up so i mean thank god he fucking died but yeah um yeah he got to live a nice long 52 fucking years she didn't and get his fucking bachelor's Mm -hmm, degree mm -hmm. are you kidding me she didn't so uh, what the fuck? So that is the story of Kitty Genovese and yep. the birth of the bystander effect. I know. So I mean, some good came out of it. Some good came out of it, but yeah. you know what the fuck? Yeah. Like he I literally went back. He went back. Yeah. I, Only a fucking psycho does that. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And then has the audacity to say at a parole hearing, oh, I was just trying to mug her. Yeah. My dude, you went back. Yeah. And stalked her exactly. to find her. Yep. Yep. I, I wanted to know, like, I wanted to see if I could find out what happened with Carl, but I couldn't really find anything. No. I mean, I know what I would have done, but. Um, I'm a little upset with Carl. I'm, I'm so. a lot upset with Carl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of them. I uh, I don't really under understand it. No, not a fan. No, like, I mean, you know, a, a lot of the sources talk about how he was a gay man in the '60s and he was drunk. Okay. And they, you know, he was afraid that they would think he was involved and right. he was going to go to jail. Okay, but she fucking died. Yeah. And you still went to fucking jail. You still got arrested for disorderly conduct. Yeah. So what would have been the difference? True. And that woman went fucking flying down, you know? Yeah. Man, what a case. Mm-hmm. 
What a case. So that's, yeah, well, Kitty Genovese. Thank you for looking into that one, baby. Oh, you're very welcome. So, um, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that, uh, that case. Um, like I said in the beginning, our next case will be a Patreon exclusive. Mm-hmm. It will be Epstein. So if you want, sign up. Any t- any tier will get you ad-free episodes and all the bonus episodes. Um, yeah. So please sign up. Please sign up. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. We're fun. Babe, you know what I was thinking about oh, earlier? Jesus fuck, here we go. You know Forrest Gump had... Don't make fun com- of Forrest Gump. No, do you know he had a computer? Oh my god. Do you know what his password was? One Forrest, one. Babe. <laughs> I mean, that might have been the worst one. And the best at, and very, at the same time. And very fucking distasteful because <laughs> you were thinking of Lieutenant fucking Dan with no legs. <laughs> it's probably the worst Dick. one, but like the best one. I did see a license time. plate the other day that said Jen Knee, like K N E E. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty Jen funny. Jen <sighs> God. Uh, well, that's a good one. So, yeah, you uh, think so. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you for looking into that one. That was interesting. So, a um, couple days and our Patreon will be out. Yeah. Uh, please like, share, follow. Tell your friends, family. Tell everyone. What is today? Tuesday. Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Yeah. I was so confused last night at work. I'm like, what day was it when I got here? I, I know. Like, going like, on trips and driving through the night, like, it it fucks yeah. with you. I asked one of the guys, I said, what what day was it when I when I got here? And he's like, what day is it now? And I was like, uh, if I knew that, I would not be, I asking, be asking you what day it was when I got here. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what day it is. Oh, my He's God. like, I just know I'm on day three and I had to be here. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> that That's just what you go by. Day one, yep. day two, day three. Yep. Uh, yep, sure is. All right. Oh, my goodness. But anyways, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this again. And uh, I Stop just... Stop hitting shit. I know. I hit. I took my glasses off so I could see the fucking off button this time. Oh, because you couldn't see it before? Yeah, I couldn't see it. And yeah. these mm-hmm. shades are so fucking dark. Which so. is funny that you say that because I can see your fucking eyeball. Yeah, I, I can't see shit out of the. Out I of can these see, ones. I can see your eyeball through that one. So, all right, guys, we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.